Well, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. I am excited to have you on the podcast. We've been connected on the Instagrams for a while, I feel like, and I'm excited that this finally came to fruition. So before we dive into our conversation, do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, maybe how you got to where you are? Yes. I'm like, okay, this could be a very short version, a couple sentences, or this could be, yeah. I feel like we need the full tea because like what you put on the um, intake form about like growing up Mormon, I was like, I want to hear it. Tell me your experience. What was that like? How did you kind of transition into what you're doing now? Like, I think we need the whole story. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I want to get into it all because it really is all like such an important piece. And I really love the coaching industry as well, because I feel like anyone who is like sharing their voice with the world, they didn't just like randomly pick their niche or randomly pick like, oh, I'm just going to talk about this thing. It's like, no, we all have this like really, um, like, I guess, emotionally driven or heart centered Mm -hmm. story or experience that we had ourselves that led us to, okay, well now I'm a confidence coach. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all very, very important, but, uh, thank you so much for having me. Hi guys. I am Maddie Maple. I am a confidence coach and a business coach. Um, yeah, I've been coaching for about three years now and it is my life. I always joke that like personal development and music festivals are like the only thing to me, like that (laughs) nutshell, if I am not doing something in the personal development space, um, then I'm at a music festival or I'm like, you know, mixing and DJing with my siblings, or I'm just all about music and, um, yeah. And my business, honestly, but kind of how I got here. Um, and I share music festivals as well, because that really was such a huge part of my story. Um, I love that music festivals are getting a little more I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but they're definitely getting really popular. And it makes me really happy because when I started going to music festivals or, you know, quote unquote raving, it wasn't so popular and it was kind of like weird. And people thought it was just like Mm. this party that you like go and, you know, get fucked up to like beat boot music. Um, But there's so much more to it. So when I was a teen. I don't know. It it sometimes feels like a blur, but pretty much all of my high school years, a little bit after high school, um, I, I grew up in Salt Lake city, a little bit North of Salt Lake. And I grew up Mormon my whole life. And once I got into high school and just kind of like my teenage years, I was like figuring out, you know, who I am. Like most people, it was like extra challenging because, and, and this is like no shade to the religion at all. Like I always try to be very, um, like kind. kind. Yeah. I get that. I get that. It's when I talk about it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I still have family in the church and obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I live in Utah now and, um, it's like no tea, no shade towards the church. This is just like my personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, especially living in Utah, the Mormon religion is so different than maybe the Mormon religion, other places, Uh, Because there's like this weird energy here where for some reason, like most of the population is Mormon, especially in like Davis County, just a little bit north of Salt Lake. And um, because so many people are Mormon, it seems like there's a little bit of like like a God complex um, or like a there's like ego and judgment really, really. like amplified in, in the Utah community of Mormonism, because if you're not Mormon, 
and everyone else is Mormon, Mormon, you're almost like the outsider, right? And like, you don't fit in. So growing up, not only for myself, but a lot of teenagers that started finding themselves and starting to be interested in, you know, even just little things. I really loved rap music, like loved it. I didn't care what they were saying. I know that it wasn't, you know, it was a bit like of the profanity and swear words and stuff, but I loved it. It like filled my soul. It was like a part of who I was. Um, me and my best friend, we like started drinking coffee and we just like loved getting our morning coffee. And I just started liking all these things, you know, different fashion styles and, um, just ways of living that I would like see online and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh my God, that is so me. Like I love to show my midriff and wear little like skimpy outfits and like that's what felt fully expressed to me. And it wasn't even like this rebellious thing of like, I want to break the rules. It truly felt like that was me. Um, So then I'm going throughout my teenage years and everything that I felt I was, was wrong. And everyone was just trying to like fit you into this box. And, you know, if you kind of like went off uh, the path a little bit, or you didn't show up to church, it's like, people are knocking on your door, like trying to get you to come to church And no one can give me an answer of like why listening to this kind of music was bad or why coffee is bad. Everyone was just like, no, like you just can't do it. That's Mm -hmm. wrong. You're going to go to hell. You're never going to be with your family forever. And I was just like, I just couldn't believe it. And so, um, you know, even dating like my boyfriend in high school and stuff, I would have to take a different change of clothes to school with me in case I had to like go over to his house and I had to like change clothes to be more modest. Or I I had like a nose piercing at the time, but it was a septum and I'd like have to flip it up when I go certain places. And it was like, I was constantly hiding who I was and like being ashamed of, of who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up just being like really depressed, really struggling with my confidence and my self-worth and my relationship was super toxic. And it eventually got to the point where I was like really, really low. Like I was like really in a dark place. Um, and and I don't owe that all to the Mormon religion. It's just a big part of like how I grew up, just feeling like I couldn't be me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was in like, what, 2017, I got invited to go to like a rave, right? I, I like the term music festival more because people are, you know, a rave just, again, it sounds like this like party, but I went to this rave in Salt Lake City and I walked in sober as can be, I walked in and I just started bawling, like literally just sobbing because I looked around and the energy, it was like I had entered a vortex. People were being exactly who they were, expressing expressing themselves exactly as they were, dancing how they wanted to. Everyone's taking pictures. Everyone's telling each other, you look beautiful. Um, And I just, I finally felt like I was home after what was it? How old was I? Like, I, I'm not even trying to do the math. I think I was like 19, <laughs> 1920. I did the um, same thing. I'm like, what year was that? I've, it's it, too hard. <laughs> it is all a blur, but that's honestly what I love about podcasting so much too. And having this like space to really like talk through stories and it's not like short form content. Um, it's, it's really healing because you kind of like, yeah, you get to piece together, uh, your, your story. And sometimes it's like a blur, but yeah. So I was like maybe 19 and I just, 
it, it was the first time in my life that I felt like I had a space to actually be who I was. And, and that's where my confidence journey really began, began. And yeah, having this space, I always say there's like four different pillars that confidence comes from and it's action beliefs, uh, trust, and then authenticity. And that right there was like my biggest lesson of confidence comes from authenticity because how can you love who you are if you're not being who you are? Um, and through my journey, I started to see, it's not that I didn't love myself. It's that I didn't love this version of myself. I was being right. So it's, if you're struggling with like confidence and self-love, it's impossible not to love who you are. It's impossible not to be confident about who you are. Like, because who you are is like, you know, on a very spiritual level, it's like your soul. It's, it's perfect. Like everything about it, when you're in full expression, like you, it feels good. You're confident in that version of you. Um, and so it's, it's usually the only reason we're not confident or we don't love ourselves is either we're being a version of ourselves that isn't fully authentic or we are, you know, creating thoughts around that, that version of us that is, it's not true. Um, so yeah, I really came to this like deep, deep authenticity and was surrounding myself with people that accepted that authenticity. So I didn't have those thoughts judging me. Everyone saw me as who I was. Everyone celebrated who I was. And then there was no boundary on, on who I could be. Um, and it just changed my life forever. So, uh, went on my confidence journey. I, um, yeah, quit my job. I worked at In-N-Out Burger for like five years, realized that wasn't authentic because you see the outfits that they wear. I wanted to wear like pink and sparkles and like, you know, ruffles and all the things. So I quit that job. I moved to LA. Um, and then I met a woman who became like my, I was a personal assistant for her. She was like a mentor to me. Um, and she just taught me everything about spirituality and business. Mm. Like I would not be the human I am without her. Um, and yeah, she taught me everything about business, everything about just communication, being a good person, getting what you want manifestation. Um, and then from there, once I like almost like finished my, my training with her, once I like learned everything (laughs) from her, I was like, okay, it's time for me to create something for myself, you know? And so yeah, I kept playing around with like a bunch of different businesses. I'm like, maybe I can create this business and that business and that business. And then finally I had like an epiphany. Like I was just sitting in my office shipping packages um, for my old boss. And I was like, oh my God, it's literally been in front of my face this whole entire time. Like I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to share this story. Uh, And from there it's like, the rest is history, right? Once you make that decision to like start your business and share your word, um, there is like no stopping me. And yeah, now I do all, all types of things, group coaching and one-on-one coaching. I do in-person retreats, all the things, anything I could do to help people go through the transformation I went through. Amazing. Um, I just want to like note a few things as you were talking. Cause I was like, I was really wondering, so I grew up Catholic, which I feel like is also again, no shade to it, but it's a a restrictive, like there are certain ways of being, there are certain ways of doing life. And if you're outside of that, it's 
very much so like you're not accepted by the whole, it's like the group think mentality. Um, so I just thought it was so interesting. And that's why I asked about like what your experience was like. Cause I always think it's interesting how different people can be in such a different location, religion, but have such a similar emotional experience. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I thought that was beautiful. And then I want to go back to what you said about authenticity. Cause as you were talking, it was like, the story you told so beautifully explained how authenticity is such a big piece of confidence. It was like, wow, you stepping into that authentic expression, you stepping into a space where you could be authentically expressed mm-hmm. seemed to be one of the big catalysts for you for shifting and being more confident. What would you tell someone who's maybe experiencing something where they're like, I'm surrounded by people who, you know, are that think like me that, you know, accept me. I feel like I've, um, you know, I've made a lot of changes. I've done a lot of work, but I still feel like I just don't feel confident in myself. What, what are some of the things you start to look at if you're coaching someone or moving through this work with someone? Like, what are some of the factors that you look at or some of the belief systems or what do you help them dig into that might be causing that underlying feeling of not just feeling confident in the world? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the first thing to mention is that I view confidence as a choice rather than a feeling. Um, Mm. if we were all just like waiting to feel confident, like (laughs) to do something right, you'd be waiting forever. And so when you don't have confidence, what you actually need is courage. Right. Um, I kind of just imagine it like this you're like, it's almost like you're like trading something for another thing. Right. So when you do an action, like you give action and then you receive confidence and then you give action, you receive more confidence. But if you don't have the confidence to take that first step of action, then you have, it's almost like a loan. Like, if that makes sense, Mm. I don't know. It's like a loan that you have to get within yourself of courage so that you can take that action so that you can get more confidence. And so the first thing I would say is like, if you don't feel confident all the time, like, yeah, it's not, it's not natural to feel necessarily confident all the time in certain ways, right. Um, to be accepting of yourself and to love like who you are as a person, you can get to a place where that's like pretty sturdy. Um, but when, when it comes to confidence of like wanting to achieve your dreams or go after this job or stand up for yourself. Um, there are often times where it's, it's not just like a natural feeling. It's something that you have to almost choose to embody. Um, so that's what I would say first and foremost, if you don't feel confident, um, it it doesn't mean that you're, you're not confident. Uh, you almost just have to call in that version of yourself. It's like Mm -hmm. a little bit of fake it till you make it, but not a bad kind of fake it till you make it. It's like a, um, uh, collapsing timelines in a sense, you know, between this version of you that's not feeling it in the moment, but the version of you that you know has it. Because uh, we all have those two voices of mm-hmm. one that's like, I know you can do it. I know this is like, this is my dream. I know I can do it. I can do it. And then there's the other voice that's like, are you joking? No, you can't. <laughs> You're stupid. Um, we all have these two voices. And yeah. So sometimes it's just actively and consciously choosing which voice you want to listen to and then being able to yeah step into and embody 
that that version of you because we all have a a a, a version of us inside of us that is confident again it's just the muddiness of society that that creates the lack of confidence um so i'd probably start there and then i i feel that confidence is again, I kind of have these four pillars, right? So there's beliefs, there's trust, there's authenticity, and there's action. So if you're afraid to take action, you need courage. Um, If you don't have authenticity, then go somewhere where you can actually explore authenticity and not people who are judging you. Um, And then when it comes to beliefs, I think this is one of like the biggest parts um, because your, your confidence ultimately is what you believe about yourself, what you believe about others, and what you believe about what you can achieve. So even if you've done like a lot of work on yourself and um, yeah, you, you, you've done a lot of work on yourself, you've healed a lot, you are, you know, surrounded by really like-minded people and you're still not feeling that confidence, then 1000% it's something in your belief system. Um, and for beliefs, the way that I teach beliefs to my clients. So Every, everything in our world is like completely, or every thought, right, is a belief. Every thought is pretty much completely made up. Um, even beliefs that feel like facts, they're all beliefs that we all agree upon, right? So mm. everything is neutral and we put meaning to everything. Everything is relative. So, you know, one thing that is like really great news to one person could be really bad news to another. Um, like, uh, here's a great example. If say you're driving to work and you got a flat tire, like that would be bad, right? Like everyone can agree. That's not a good experience, (laughs) but to somebody who maybe they had like a friend or family member die in a car accident, they might get a flat tire and they're like, this is the best thing that could have happened. Like, this is so good. At least it's not like a car accident. Right. And of course, maybe it's not fun, but some people would say like, oh, that's the worst thing that can just ruin your whole week. If you get a flat tire and someone else is like, no, like, thank you God for my life. So everything is relative. Even if something feels like, no, this is bad or this is good. It's, it's all neutral. And so you really have to like start diving into your beliefs and seeing that everything that you think about yourself and others and what you can achieve is completely made up. And one of my favorite leaders, I don't know if you ever listened to James Wedmore. I love him. Like I truly, I love him so much. (laughs) He's amazing. I highly recommend his podcast if you're an entrepreneur. Um, but he, he calls the belief system BS, like bullshit BS belief system because it's just all bullshit. It's just like made up mm-hmm. things. And so when you start to change your beliefs, like say you're not feeling confident about dating. All right. Well, what do you believe about dating? Well, I believe that like all men suck. Okay. So the belief is like all men suck. And I see this belief a lot. Right. And it can. Oh my God. It's all over. I was actually just talking to a friend about this like a week ago is yeah. all over like the social medias. And I must know, know that I'm like in the dating experience. Cause I get like all these stories. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to consciously like 
not watch them, even though they're so dramatic and like, you know, they ping all these things in the brain, but it's like, I have to consciously not watch them because it's reinforcing this, like, oh, I've had shitty partners in the past. See, everyone's having a shitty experience. And now I'm only going to find this. And it was like, I just have to like block it out because it's reinforcing these beliefs. It's such, that is such a good example. Exactly. Yeah. And we can even get into, I was telling Shelby, I've been like really passionate about like abundance and time. And it's the Mm -hmm. same thing with that. When you feed into these beliefs of like, I never have enough time. I'm always running out of time. I'm running late. Like, you know, someone asks me like, how was your week? I'm like, oh my God, it was so busy. It's like, we're creating that and we're becoming this victim of time. So, and, and even though, right, your brain might say, but it's true. There's not enough hours in the day and I have so much to do. No, everything is this belief that is creating everything else. Um, so yeah, when it, when it comes to like, take that example of like all men are bad or all men are cheaters. So everyone's heard of affirmations, right? And the way that you change a belief is through affirmations. So if you believe like all men are bad, then you start saying like, you know, there's good men out there. There's good men out there. There's good men out there. But here's the problem. Here's where I think a disconnect is with a lot of people that feel like they're doing the work, but it's not fully like locking in is that the true thing that really creates beliefs is evidence. So if you really want to believe there are good men out there because you're ready to get into a relationship. So every morning you're like, I'm worthy of love. There's good men out there. I'm worthy of love. There's good men out there. But then you go out into your everyday life and say, like you just said, you're scrolling on social media and everyone's like, men suck. And here's this, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. And you listen to caller daddy and like every relationship you're like, oh my God. And you're those affirmations meant nothing. Like you just wasted your time. Neutralize all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Set yourself right back to baseline. Exactly. Because you're, yeah, you're writing one thing, but then you're going out into the world and you're viewing your life through this filter that still supports the old belief. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is find evidence to support the new belief. So yes, write your affirmations, but then also go out into the world and look for good men. Ask, you know, friends and family that have good relationships, ask them about their relationships, spend time with people in good relationships, mm-hmm. unfollow the people that are, you know, pushing this paradigm of all men are bad and yeah. completely block out the old evidence and bring in new evidence. And, and that's right. That's where the, the power is and where I see like a huge disconnect between people that feel frustrated on like, well, I'm writing my affirmations and I'm journaling and I'm doing this, but it's still not clicking. And it's because your, your reticular activating system is still filtering information that supports all of your old beliefs. So if you want to believe that you can achieve something, start instead of looking for all the reasons why it might not work out for you. You have to start living your life, you know, write your affirmations of like, I can achieve this. I can do this. I am powerful. But then actually go into your life and look at least for like three pieces of evidence every single day to support those beliefs. So if you want to believe you can achieve something, like say you do the laundry, like celebrate that and be like, look what I just achieved. I didn't feel like doing laundry. I did it. Wow. I'm successful. I achieved this. Boom. You like get a little tally mark under okay, maybe I can achieve it. And then once those tally marks for your new belief outweigh the old belief, that old belief will 
truly start to, to fall away. Um, and yeah, that's where the power is. So there's, I know that was kind of a jumbled answer and there's like a mixture of, of everything of like the authenticity piece and action and courage. Um, but the beliefs and finding evidence I find is like that one shift that for my clients, it just changes everything. It's really powerful. And I think that's such a great practice that people can do right now at home. And also like remembering that it isn't just, we don't get to just kind of go on autopilot with it. I think that was something big too around, you have to actively look for and choose. And I think it's easy to be like, well, I wrote my affirmations and I did this, but like, you're still kind of running on that autopilot or that not wanting to wake up to the hard truth of like, well, the algorithm is feeding me these. So clearly there's a part of me that likes this or that's getting high off this, or that is feeling validated from this. I need to be the one to choose to not engage with this. Or, you know, all of my friends have these terrible relationships. Mm -hmm. I need to choose friends who are modeling healthy communication and healthy relationships or whatever that may be. Right. So it's, I love that you shared that because it's bridging this, you know, doing the work at home versus you're actively doing the work in each moment, recognizing, having the awareness and making the shifts in the moment that are going to be supportive to you. Exactly. And guys, like, that's why I was so excited to reach out and get onto Shelby's podcast because in the description of this podcast, it says like, I can't remember exactly now, but it's like, you know, become the co-creator of your life Mm -hmm. or like, are you ready to co-create your life? And I was like, co-create. Yes. Like that is my (laughs) favorite. That is my favorite word because it's, and that's why I love talking about confidence, especially when it comes to manifesting, because yes, there's so much inner work to be done in our journals, but there's also this part of growth that does come from this like empowered, badass version of you that also wants to take the action. Um, and just one other example that I might that might make it really click for people, um, is if you're manifesting money, I I know everyone's done this. That's why I love to share this example. Um, if you're manifesting money and every morning you're like, money is flowing to me. I am abundant. Money is flowing. Money is flowing. Like I'm attracting money. And then you go to lunch with your friend and your friend offers to pay for lunch. And you're like, Oh my God, no, no, no. Like let's split the bill. And they're like, no, really? I insist. Like I want to buy you lunch. And you're like, Oh my God, I'll Venmo you later. And that right there is like the perfect example of incongruence because you're saying every morning, money is flowing, money is flowing. And then money flows to you, even if it's in a way that you might not expect, Mm -hmm. right? But someone's offering to pay for your meal. That is you receiving money. And then a lot of times we're just like, oh my God, no, you don't have to do that. Like I'll, I'll get lunch next time. Don't worry. Let me buy you a coffee. It's like, no, just receive it. Be like, fuck yes, buy me lunch. That's awesome. <laughs> like, who's ever said that? Like, when mm-hmm. someone's offered to buy them something, has anyone? I'm sure people have. I'm being over dramatic, but like, how often do we say, like, oh my God, yes, buy my lunch, please? That would feel really, really good to me. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. I received that. Um, and that's something that me and my partner, we like say often is I receive that. So like you know, he'll buy me something. And I'm like, thank you. Like I received that or Mm -hmm. I'll give him a compliment. And he's like, thank you so much. I received that. And just consciously receiving these things. I mean, it, 
yeah, you have to be conscious in your, in your everyday life. That's when you're going to see the changes. Yeah. It's like, yes, you might think that you're thinking differently, but what are you actually putting out energetically that is impacting how your reality is manifesting? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love, is there anything I know I'm like, this is the, this is the sauce. This is the stuff. Um, and I feel like everyone needs these reminders because it's so easy in day-to-day life or like you're working, you're, you know, spending time with your family, but it's so easy to go back to, or it can be so natural to go back to old reflexes and responses or that group think where we can be surrounded by people and start to think the way those people think. Um, mm-hmm. so I think we need these constant reminders and these conversations to, to say, no, actually it's not that hard. I just need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult. I just need to be aware. And sometimes the biggest changes you guys, like this is something I've learned so deeply just over even this past year is sometimes the thing that's going to be that catalyst for like your next up level or this quantum leap or huge growth it's not always big things. Sometimes it really is this simple little shift that just takes a little bit more intention, a little more being conscious or doing something uncomfortable that changes everything for you. And so I think with so much information on the internet about personal development, people feel like they need to be doing all of it. But you have to remember Mm -hmm. there are hundreds of thousands of leaders out there sharing what's worked for them. You don't have to do everything all these people are doing to create growth. It's really about, okay, how do I feel? Like, is there a feeling I want to change or is there something I want to create? Okay. What kind of beliefs do I need to create that? Okay. And how can I be like congruent in those beliefs? How can I step into those beliefs? Your, your belief system is everything. And then everything that, uh, people teach kind of like is around that, right? Like it kind of surrounds that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. That's what I'll say. The change that you're really hoping for in your life, it's not necessarily that it's easy, but it's just way more simple than you think. And it's mm-hmm. just that little bit of, um, what is it? What's the word? Like uh, reverse engineer, reverse engineer. What's the change? What kind of beliefs do you need to create that change? Okay. And then from there, yeah, it might be about like a morning routine that's going to help you create these new beliefs, or it might be about like the certain manifestation practice. There's so much information out there, but just know that like, it's not all for you. It's, it's so much more simple for me. I feel like my biggest changes come from when I just do the thing that I knew I needed to do. And I was just like putting it off because I didn't want to do it. And then I do it and I'm like, well, there you go. Well, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else on the topic of confidence that you feel we didn't cover that you feel the listeners might need? Yes. I have one other thing I'll share about confidence. So it's actually really cool too. So I, when I was going through my confidence journey and, um, just like really struggling, I, I feel like I received downloads through what is it? Not clear. How it's when you hear clear audio. Clear audience is how you hear. Clear cognizance is where you just know things. Clear audience. I literally hear things. Like I will hear just like a Mm -hmm. sentence and I was struggling so bad. I 
was in self, like deep self-hatred. I hated myself. And I, I remember specifically, I was like sitting in my room downstairs and I'm just like crying. And I just hear like, accept who you are not and amplify who you are. And I was like, accept who I'm not amplify who I am. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> and I started to like, really think about this. And I realized that the reason I hated myself so much was again, I was living through this filter of only seeing the evidence of why I sucked pretty much. And I was just like seeing all of those things. And I was so obsessed with what I was not. So like I was not pretty enough or I was not skinny enough or I was not funny enough. And like, I was constantly looking at who everyone else was and whatever like their strengths were and whatever they had, all I could see was like how I didn't have that. And so I started to implement just accepting it, right? Accept who you are not. And it really just means just, just get out of your ego and fucking accept it. It really does not matter that you're not the prettiest. You're not the skinniest. You're not the best. Like it's our ego that wants to be the best, right? I want to be the best at content. I want to be the best at podcasting. Mm. I want to be the best at this. I want to be like the best friend. I want to no, like, I'm sorry if this is really blunt to everybody listening, but you're not the best. And like, that's (laughs) okay. Like get the fuck over it. Accept it. Full acceptance. Like accept that maybe you're not like the most popular person. You're not the most loved. You're not the friend that everyone invites like, you know, first I was never the friend that was invited. Like I felt like all my friends would hang out and then I would see it on Facebook of like all their, you know, this is like 2007, like all of their like pictures in the mirror. And I'd be like, wow, they really didn't invite me. Okay. Accept it. That's, that's not who I am. Maybe I'm just not that friend, but then we get to the second part of the statement, which is amplify who you are. As soon as I accepted who I was not. And I stopped spending so much energy on hating myself and just like focusing in on those things. And I started focusing on focusing on, okay, well, who am I? Um, even in my business, I went through a period where I was like, so paralyzed when it came to content. And like, this was when like TikTok and reels was getting big. And like, I honestly really suck at TikToks and reels. And I was like really down on myself. And like, I just, I, I don't know. It just made me so angry. And I was like trying to like, you know, create that type of content. And I just couldn't, you know what? Acceptance. I accept that I am not good at TikToks. There are so many people that are amazing at TikToks. I love them. I celebrate them. I see them. I'm so happy for them. And I fully accept in peace and joy that like, that is just not me. It's never going to be me, but okay. What can I amplify? Well, I I find myself really good. I love talking. I love speaking. I love the podcast. I love longer form content. I just can't put myself in three minutes. Like I get hate comments that like, I just don't get to the point because I like to talk and share and explain Mm -hmm. and express myself in a longer form way. I just got those. (laughs) I had one go viral and it was like, get to the point, get to the point. Literally, I was like, you guys can't even come up with an original comment. Well, and it's just the same thing. (laughs) And it just says, like, it just says so much about like the generational attention span as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this is three minutes. Chill. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I um, 
yeah, I accepted it. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm just better at my podcast. I get more feedback from my podcast. Girls love my podcast. That's what I'm better at. So I'm going to amplify that. How can I be a better Mm -hmm. speaker? How can I up-level my podcast? How can I do this? As soon as I stopped comparing myself to everyone else and just accepted, I'm not that good at that. And that doesn't mean anything about me because look at all these other things amazing at that I'm going to focus on and amplify. It just shifted everything. And the reason why I said um, it's so cool to share about this now is somebody posted it on their story and shared with me, like, I think it was like two weeks ago that um, a girl got it tattooed on her that says, accept who you are not and amplify who you are. And it literally made me start crying because like, guys, I was in such a deep, dark place. Like that concept saved my life. It truly saved my life. I hated myself so much. I didn't understand why I was alive, like at one point in my journey. Um, And as soon as I fully accepted who I was not and just found peace with that, and then just, just focused on being who I'm supposed to be. um, Yeah. That quote means like a lot to me. So yeah, that's one of my favorite teachings to share about confidence for sure. Well, thank you for sharing everything that you've shared today. I'm still getting over a cold. (laughs) Uh, thank you for sharing everything that you've shared today. Where can the listeners find you? Like if they're looking to learn more about confidence, what's your podcast? Where do you hang out the most? Yeah. So I have a podcast called breaking butterfly. Um, and then I also have a membership called the confidence collective. So I'm kind of putting the brakes on a little bit on my podcast because I'm really feeling lit up and inspired by actually being in person, having a community and like podcasting, but on zoom with like 70 people, you know? And so it's, it's so much more fun. I get to like connect with, um, everyone and like answer questions. So those are definitely my two like entry level, um, places where you can like learn from me and be in my community and my space. Um, and then I also do a program called metamorphosis. I'm everything butterflies by the way. So I got breaking butterfly metamorphosis, Um, and that is like my signature confidence program that I'll do a little bit later this year. So you can hang out with me on my podcast or Instagram. Um, yeah. And I'd love to have anyone here. Awesome. We'll link all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for being here. We so appreciate your wisdom, your time, your energy. And yeah, yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. I am so grateful. 